It's January 13, 2020. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, uh, we'll have Jared Kushi from Kushed Media, and he's here to tell us about the launch of Hawaiiverse. And of course, that's Hawaii's largest platform for coupons and giveaways. And then we've got Omar Sultan from Sultan Ventures and Pono Shim from the Oahu Economic Development Board, and they're here to talk to me and us uh, and everybody about Aloha Connects Innovation and the um, and that program that uh, they put together. So before we get to that, I want to uh, welcome Jared Kushi, CEO of am I am I pronouncing this right? Kush Media, and uh, he's here to tell us about the uh, Hawaii Verse. Welcome to the show, Jared. Hey, Bert. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, you, you pronounced it perfectly. So, Kush, what is Kush? Um, where'd you get that name? Uh, well, my last name is Kushi, um, and my dad and also some other family members had the nickname growing up. Kush, oh, I get uh, it. Okay, okay, okay. Family. Oh, I get it. Well, you know, I mean, just uh, some trivia. My uh, childhood next-door neighbor was uh, Kushi, so they were Kushis. Anyways. Oh, wow. Small world. <laughs> small world, small world. So, so of course, uh, Jared, I've, I've had you on before, you know, but the last time we had you on, you were uh, heading up a company called Live DNA. So before we get into the Hawaiiverse, uh, uh, what's, what's going on with Live DNA? I mean, Live, yeah, Live DNA. Yeah, um, so Live DNA is still going strong, you know, um, just like any other startup, we have our ups and downs. Um, but the main thing is that we're still alive. Uh, I think we're actually just raised another bridge round. Um, and we're still striving for success, you know. I think it's been about four years now, um, lots of twists and turns, and we're actually focused on just DNA-based health reports now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we, we we started with supplements and skincare, but figured out the niche and what everybody wants and is currently needing, um, like, like like I said, which is DNA-based health reports. So, um, yeah, we, we just crossed the six-figure mark a month, which is really exciting. Um, and, yeah, happy to be a part of it. Check it out at LifeDNA.com. So you're still you're still uh, involved with that, but you spend uh, like a, a ton of time on some of these other projects, right? Well, so I, I'm actually out of the daily operations for Life DNA, mm-hmm. um, and I'm kind of just more of a you know co-founder, and I, I advise them probably once a week. Um, so I would say most of my time actually goes into Hawaiiverse now. You know that is my passion, helping local businesses, um, and that's where I'm putting a lot of my effort. Um, but like you said, yeah, I do have my hands in a bunch of other things, such as Kush Media, my digital marketing agency, um, and most recently, um, High Connect Studios, which is uh, basically a social influencer network for um, influencers in Hawaii and helping them connect with businesses to get them, you know, great deals and t- take a dip with influencer marketing. So let's start with let's start with uh, uh, Hawaiiverse, and and uh, you know you've been you've been getting some pretty good. Uh, Media coverage. Tell us a little bit. Of, I mean, it's been around for a little while, but uh, this is kind of like the official launch, right? Um, yes and no. So, funny backstory is we actually started as a Facebook group with my mm-hmm. business partner Taylor Martin back in 2016, um, and that's really what has helped us grow so quickly because we already had about 25, 26,000 community members there. Um, and through COVID, uh, starting last June, actually, we. He approached me. I was like, "Hey, how do I turn this amazing community um, to help local businesses and, you know, really raise everyone's success um, through tough times?" And that's actually where Hawaiiverse, the website, was born. So we launched June 11th, um, just on the Big Island, but quickly expanded to Oahu, um, and we're actually over 400 companies now. And like you said, it's been kind of a media frenzy, which we're extremely grateful for. Um, but like I said, it's really what we're trying to do is build a community. 
uh, based upon you know coupons. Um, everyone loves a good deal and loves supporting local. Just giving everyone the resources they need to really make that happen. So, so Jared, when you started, uh, when it was a Facebook group, and you said you had twenty five thousand, what did the twenty five thousand? Why did they want to join your group? I want, I need to learn some lessons from you. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. So, I mean, Hawaii versus, you know, um, my my business partner Tim Martin is actually a videographer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he he they did everything from just nice Hawaii things. They featured different Hawaii. They they you know he's done work for Hawaii businesses before. So it's a little bit of everything. To be totally honest with you whether it was nature adventure shots or some stuff about businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where, like, the core and foundation started off at. Um, but like I said, how we came up with this is, like, you know, everyone loves a good deal, right? Um, and we quickly expanded, not just from Facebook, but we have, you know, a, a, almost 5,000 Instagram followers, um, a lot of users on our website itself, um, and we also launched a Twitter uh, most recently. So we're on all different platforms. We're kind of build this community um, and we even do weekly episodes called Hawaii vs. Spotlight. Um, this is about three to six minute episodes featuring new local businesses. Um, and like I said, it's really not just a coupon site. We're trying to create a community. Mm-hmm. That's really what we're trying to do with Hawaii vs. So, so in terms of uh, you know companies that are that are interested, I mean, what would they need to do to participate? Do they have to have a coupon, have a giveaway? I mean, what what is it that gets them in the door? Yeah, so actually, we are a, a free listing, a free platform for both the user to get amazing deals and for the business. Um, so basically, all they need to go is to hawaiiverse.com, and there's a big green button that says business owner. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really quick um, form they need to fill out. Um, it is a coupon directory, so you know the better the coupon that they offer, the more um, people would, would be enticed to it and use it. Um, but what's really beautiful about the platform is that once we create the initial listing, um, the business owner has full access to it. So they can log in on their own, change the coupons to whatever they want. Um, and, you know, there is, if you want more exposure, there is a premium option. Um, but like I said, there was always going to be a free option for everyone. Well, that sounds great. And, and again, uh, where can people find out more about uh, Hawaiiverse? Yeah, check out Hawaiiverse.com. Um, very, very, very simple to you know, search new coupons. Um, and the main thing here is supporting local. You know, that's the number one thing. Um, the coupon sure it gets you there. So it gets you to try a brand new company and support local. And hopefully you love it and support that business forever. Um, and the main thing here to note is that we have every type of business you could dream of, basically. We have service companies, uh, restaurants, retail stores, and even nonprofits. Um, so yeah, check it out at hawaiiverse.com. That's great. That's great. Now, now, Jared, I, uh, I would let you go because uh, that's part of our our news segment. But since uh, you were one of the companies that participated in the Aloha Connects innovation, I'm gonna keep you around. But we're gonna take a short break, and when we return, we'll be also joined by Omar Sultan from Sultan Ventures and Pono Shim from the Oahu Economic Development Board, and we're gonna talk about Aloha Connects innovation. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, and Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. And of course, uh, along with uh, Jared Kushi, we've got Omar Sultan from Sultan Ventures and Pono Shim from the Oahu Economic Development Board. And, of course, we're all here to talk about the Aloha Connects Innovation Program, and I want to welcome you guys all back to Bite Marks Cafe. Hey, Bert. Thanks yeah. so much for having us. Yeah, thanks, Bert. Aloha. So 
Omar, Omar, I had you on uh, a while back uh, with uh, Rich Wacker, and, and, and that was kind of the period where we were getting the details on the program, and it was kind of getting launched, and sort of the ideation that went behind Aloha Connects Innovation. And I'm really happy to have Pono Shim on because, uh, you know, we're going on 13 years at Bite Marks Cafe, and, you know, I could never get him on. So I, I really want to thank you, Omar, <laughs> for, you know, getting uh, Pono to join us. Now I know why we have to be in that program. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, uh, Omar, um, give us a a recap of of what uh, Aloha Aloha Connects Innovation was all about uh, for for our listeners who perhaps aren't familiar with it. Sure. Uh, So Aloha Connects Innovation was a state-funded program that was designed to help displaced workers or individuals that were significantly impacted financially by COVID-19, how do, we, how do we take them sort of off the bench, as Uncle Pono would say, and actually put them in work opportunities here based in, based in Hawaii, right, with our local businesses, uh, so that we can fuel our emerging industries and innovation sectors? So how do we take someone who has been traditionally in, uh, you know, I think the hardest impacted sectors were tourism and hospitality. So how do we take them um, off the unemployment bench cross-skill them, reskill them, upskill them in new uh, and more resilient uh, sectors. And so that, you know, when the next pandemic hits or the next economic downturn, uh, our local community isn't as impacted as they have been over the last, it, well, I guess it's almost a year now, yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and uh, were, was, it, was, it, was it tough to get the uh, folks that were on em- unemployment because many were saying that they were getting more as unemployed than they would if they went back to work. Right. Well, this really is about, uh, you know, giving people that agency, right? Empowering mm-hmm. them and elevating them. And so those that did want to pursue new skill sets, we provided that pathway that on those on ramps for them so that, you know, some of them have been dreaming about new opportunities and just never knew how to, to enter them, how to access them, right? And so it wasn't really difficult to get the, the folks um, to apply. I mean, once we put the, the word out, um, I'm sure Uncle Pono will talk to this, you know, we had thousands and thousands of people applying, and there were even more that wanted a, a space or a, a, a chance to join the program, but we just didn't have the funding or the time to be able to support them. So we're excited about potential to, um, to open it back up with a longer runway. So Pono, tell me how did uh, how did uh, uh, you get involved and and was it was it hard to get companies to participate and and of course Pono, I'm going to call you Pono because you know I don't like call you Uncle Pono if you know especially since you know I'm I'm, I'm older <laughs> than you but <laughs> yeah I appreciate that Bert. <laughs> so Pono, how did you how did the companies respond to you know wanting to participate in this program? You know. Um, I think when I'm thinking about that question is, you know, how do you build the success of getting people um, attracted to a program, whether they're participants or host companies? Yeah. And, you know, rather than answer that question, I think that there's something so significant in what Rich Wacker and Omar had designed um, that laid that foundation. And then the next steps was he brought a team together. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know maybe Omar, you should speak to that next. I yeah, and I think sure. absolutely. I mean, the team really was what brought all the 
the right energy to to this uh, program and uh like we had you know rich on the show before so right. so pono what were the the sort of the well, maybe this yeah if you don't mind omar why don't you just talk about your next steps yeah you know so once, when, you, uh, once you architected the program thanks uncle pono yeah once i architected the program and of course you know anyone that knows me knows the I'm going to bounce the idea off of uh, someone very close to me, which is my brother, Tarek Sultan. Mm -hmm. Um, But the very next person that I reached out to, the very first person that I reached out to was Uncle Pono. Because if we're going to design a Hawaii 2.0 like we all dream and envision and want to head towards, it was very, very important that it get grounded in Aloha. And I don't know a better person, speaking for myself, than Uncle Pono that could help be that guide to make sure that Aloha was was a central cornerstone and a central point of the entire architecture of this program. And I called him and I was like, Uncle Pono, I need you. <laughs> and he said, I'm there. That's great. Now, Pono, you wanna you wanna speak to how? So about your question about you know how do you attract businesses? How do you attract um, the participants? Mm-hmm. The first thing is that we needed to make sure that we could build the infrastructure right. And the infrastructure got built because we had a team. And, you know, I was so fortunate, we were fortunate, that someone like Stacy Katakura said yes. You know, she's one of my students. Cindy Richardson said yes. Um, Summer Kilipio um, said yes. You know, there are different people who came in and carried the baton at different times mm-hmm. to help build the infrastructure. And then what we did was we selected folks at our levels who were facilitators who already had the networks of relationships throughout the state. You know, the folks like the Popomayas, the Hanos, because we knew incredible innovation is occurring at the nonprofit level. Um the Hawaii Green Growth, because we didn't want to redesign the wheel. There are already initiatives that are going on with the Aloha Plus Challenge. And if we're going to drive into the future, then let's use the infrastructure of relationships and people that we had. So it wasn't really difficult because the folks we selected, really, they may not say a lot, but I know and Omar knows they got the network just like me, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. could turn it on because we didn't have time to waste to market this thing. Right, I mean... So that's, that's really what happened. And then for the host companies, I was concerned because we really needed about 150 host companies, and would people step forward to even risk hiring someone? Um, but then Omar and I learned an incredible value, all the whole team, um, about how come we were able to attract all those companies. You know, and Omar, you can speak to that one. Yeah, yeah. What was the secret sauce that got you know got people to actually call and want to participate? And and Jared's on the line too. That uh, as a as a host company, but uh, Omar, uh, how did the yeah how did the host companies uh, you know guess guess uh, receive this and and want to participate? I think they received it positively. I mean, Jared can speak to uh, as a host company what his impression and perspective was. But as Uncle Pono said, the, the whole point of this 
and when I architected it, was to build upon the great work that has already happened, mm-hmm. right? And that's, and that's you know, from a from the people like the the Purple Mayas and the Hanos um, who have the networks, to right down to the individual host companies. And the fact of the matter is, everyone in Hawaii was hurting, right? So the program was designed to elevate everyone locally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was an opportunity for host companies to also try things that perhaps they haven't been able to try before to, and to source local talent and provide them that space and opportunity to grow, to learn, to get up skills, and to elevate the companies that they're at. Um, I don't know, Jared, what, what was your perspective, you know, when you first heard about it, when we reached mm-hmm. out to you? Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, at Hawaii Verse, I, I thought it was a no-brainer. To be totally honest, I thought it was an amazing opportunity um, and something that we definitely could not pass up. Um, I think you hit it right on the dot besides, you know, every business hurting right now. Um, there's so many projects constantly for everyone that they just don't have the resources for, right? So you, um, the ACI program definitely allowed us to, you know, expand our company. I really think it pushed us forward six to 12 months. Um, and leveraging that, you know, to where us trying to help so many businesses at once, I think it helps a lot of the business community in Hawaii. Um, and yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about it. You know, we're fortunate enough to hire seven people actually full time um, throughout the program, and we really hope it comes back. Now, now, uh, Jared, were you able to uh, extend those beyond the the December, I guess, uh, limit that that the program, um, I guess, lasted till? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, like you said, the program had has ended unfortunately, but. Uh, we have kept one on contractor, mm-hmm. um, and two other of, of the seven um, actually decided to stay with us um, pretty much on a pro bono slash commission-based uh, business because, you know, to be totally transparent, Hawaiiverse isn't really making much money right now. Um, I'm spending a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a startup world. Um, so we're doing what we can, and the goal is, and I guess you could say was, um, to make enough or to monetize so that we could hire them. Um, but we all stay in touch, and... From what I've heard, everyone that we've hired and has been part of Hawaii Verse has nothing but good things to say about the program. Now, you know, uh, <clears throat> Omar, I do want to kind of get into some of the uh, lessons learned, I guess, as a result of, of uh, going through the program and, and leveraging, you know, the, the networks that, that are already uh, out there. And maybe you've gotten some feedback from them. So I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short uh, a break to continue our conversation with uh, Jared Kushi. We got Omar Sultan from Sultan Ventures. We got Ponoshim from the Oahu Economic Development Board, and we're talking about Aloha Connects Innovation. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back. This is Bike Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Omar Sultan from Sultan Ventures and Ponoshim from the Oahu Economic Development Board, and we also have uh, Jared Kushi, who stayed over and uh, uh, is one of the host companies, Hawaii Verse, that was also a participant in the Aloha Connects Innovation Program. And right before the break, I was uh, ready to ask Omar a question about uh, with all the companies, and, and like you said, there was probably... Uh, I don't know what the latest count was, but I know you wanted to get about 150, and I'm sure there were more. Uh, many of them, you know, like like uh, Jared's company, I was uh, one of the folks that was a recipient of, uh, you know, one of the folks to um, to help me with some of the broadband work that we were doing. And 
And uh, I'm, like I said, there's there's hundreds of them out there uh, that were companies that participated. Omar, I mean, what's the what's the feedback you've gotten from some of those companies? Um, we've we've, I mean, the feedback's been extremely positive. We've heard, well, I guess just to, to share some some stats, right? So just that we can ground this in in in. Um, ground our perspective. So we had seven islands participate, all the way from Hawaii Island to Niihau and everything in between. Um, we had over 600 participants participating in the program through the two uh, two funding um, sources, right? BBIT, uh, Department of Economic Development, and, uh, and the City Council of Honolulu. Mm-hmm. Um, we had almost, gosh, I think it was almost 200 companies involved um, from both programs, mm-hmm. uh, both funding, uh, it, it was just, it was unbelievably positive. We, we learned that given an opportunity, the community steps up, right? And I know that sounds a little weird to say, but this was something that I, I suppose hasn't been done before. Um, it was novel in the creation of it when, when it was architected. And it was really, as I said, you know, and I'm going to keep saying it over and over, it was about providing the space and opportunity for our local community, both on the company side and the participant side. And so, yeah, there was a lot of nervousness, like, are participants going to sign up for this? Do they actually want to get cross-skilled and upskilled? Are the host companies going to sign up? Um, and as a refresher, we provided, um, you know, through EDA, Economic Development Alliance of Hawaii, that and who ran the Aloha Connects Innovation Program, we provided wages for the participants and health benefits, which mm-hmm. I'm sure is, you can imagine how invaluable that is during a pandemic. And then for the host companies, we provided the reimbursement, right? Because anyone that's taking on a participant who's training them, who's giving them um, that hands-on um, sort of opportunity to learn and to try new things in this new digital era and these emerging sectors, uh, it it takes time. It takes money. It takes um, a, someone at that company spending the time and ha- effort to help that that new individual. So we provided the host companies with a little bit of a, a reimbursement as a way to to thank them and to offset the expenses that they were incurring bringing on those participants. And it was very positive feedback all around. I think the largest thing that we've heard back from participants and host companies alike, as you can imagine, is can we do this again? Can we extend the runway? Can it run for a longer period of time? And what's the the answer to that? Well, you know, Bert, let let me add a few things if I can. Sure. Yeah. Um, What Omar was saying and, and your question about lessons learned, and we can go back to the host companies. One of the biggest lessons learned for me was you know, could we find and get people to step up as far as folks like Jared? And what I discovered, you know, and, and didn't even think about it, was that there are so many local companies in Hawaii, small businesses, who have been bootstrapping everything. You have been bootstrapping the broadband initiative for, for three, four years now. Right. And everybody has been doing whatever they can to keep their doors open. What I did not realize is when we created a program that would do what Omar just said, pay for wages and benefits, medical benefits, that host companies 
were able to go and hire people to help them in their marketing, to help them with their um, IT platforms, their infrastructure for accounting. I mean, it's amazing what happened because people now had somebody to come, and they've all been doing it themselves. And in the same time, you saw this mutual benefit, which was huge to the ben- to the participants. But at the same time, the host companies could just leap, like what Jared said. It it gave them 12 months of development um, mm-hmm. in this short two-month two period. Mm-hmm. So that is one thing that I think when the businesses figured it out, they went, wow, we can really tool ourselves up and improve our opportunities for success. That was one major lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Um, another one was, you know, normally when you see hundreds of people coming together in a movement, like we're seeing around the world, and especially in the United States right now, people are coming together because they're angry and they're hurt. I don't think in the past decade or two, we have not seen people come together the way they came together in such a short period of time with love. You were on the calls. Jared was on the call when we would pull everybody together. When Aloha is the backbone of, a found, of the foundation of a program, seriously, not in reference, but in reverence, mm-hmm. we don't need crowd control. Because this was hard. It was heart-wrenching. It was pioneering. But we never had anybody screaming. There was only gratitude because we knew that we were all doing this together. 800 people. Absolutely. absolutely is amazing. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it was coming together. You know, on the news, we've seen all these people coming together because of anger. But uh, you're right. I mean, people came together through Aloha Connects Innovation, through uh, through Aloha, through love. And, right. and I think uh, yep. that's the that's the resounding feeling that uh, I think everybody is is going away from it. But but also, you know, trying to figure out like how do we how do we keep it going? How do we prepare for the next potential round of funding that might come come to bear and and, and, and Pono, I think you have some ideas about maybe how people might be able to kind of prepare for what comes well, next. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that people should know. We had a meeting with the governor at the beginning of December um, just to share with him some of the stories and, and the chief of staff. And he said, you know, you guys are the only ones bringing us great stories because we we're just sharing feedback that folks were giving us. And I know that the administration as well as the legislature is looking at this program very seriously. Um, also there, I have heard of rumblings of the private sector also looking because of the outcomes that they saw. You saw a movement that was lifting people. Mm -hmm. Um, so something that I think is very important for everyone listening is, um, during this time that there's a cliff between the next programs and funding, please do everything you can to be compliant. Make sure that you have your residency docs. Um, if you've been displaced, get your letters of displacement from the company and have it signed on the letterhead with your legal name on it. Start applying for jobs, and if you're denied for those jobs, keep that documentation. Those are all the compliance things that are necessary to benefit from the Federal CARES Act-type funding, the stimulus funding. So, Pono, Use this time now to do that. 
Great, great. And, and Pono, I'm going to uh, get people to go back to the Aloha Connects uh, Innovation website, and, and if they have any uh, comments or, or questions, we can get them to direct them toward you. Omar Sultan, he's the partner over at Sultan Ventures and Pono Shim, president and CEO of Oahu Economic Development Board, and Jared Kushi from Hawaiiverse. I want to thank you guys all for joining me today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about a program called Tech Bridges. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chung. You can catch us on HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google, Podcast, and Stitcher. You stay awesome. And, of course, we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Yeah.